So you're saying you want to get into real estate. And you have no credit. <laughs> and you're broke and miserable. And you know what? You don't even know where you want to go, which is fine. But you, just you just know you know, don't want to be where you are. Yeah. You know, you, <laughs> like, hey, what do I do? I just know that I don't want to be here anymore. You might not even know that you want to do real estate, actually. You might just know that you don't like where you are. Yeah. Real estate's just such a good avenue for so many, man, so many aspects and so many different breaths of life, which is so cool because you can be completely broke, not know where you want to go. And you can be successful in real estate. Have no experience, no credit, no network, nothing. I feel like people think that real estate is such an unattainable thing to do, to chase, like a career-wise, because everybody thinks you have to have a license in years of school and money to get the license, money to start. Like if people think real estate, they think you have to be a landlord and you have to own a house and you have to have the money to buy the house. Yeah. Or that you have to be a realtor and you have to go get a license. I think one of the best things about real estate is that you can make money in real estate with no license, no experience, no credit, no money, and also potentially the most important without ever having to own the real estate. Right. And people don't even know this avenue exists. Yeah. I wouldn't know it existed if it weren't for you. Yeah. So I think the absolute best way to get into real estate with minimal risk, I'm not going to say no risk because that's ridiculous and everything in life has risk. So with absolute minimal risk though, is wholesaling. And what wholesaling is to me is the art of being able to profit in real estate without ever having to own it. And I really do think it's an art. Like you never even have to be on chain of title. You never have to um, come up with funds. You never, there's so many details about it that it just creates opportunities that other that other avenues don't have or other industries don't have. Right. Because other industries you have to go to school or you have to have money to start. Like we talked about this last episode, how I, or the episode before last, how like if you want to do photography, you have to go out and buy a camera. You have to get the gear. But yeah. this, you don't have to. Yeah, there's no minimum. There's yeah. no minimum There's no. no minimum to starting in real estate. So when right. I closed my first deal, I had 11 bucks. And a lot of people will hear that and they go, I don't really see how that's possible. You're, in, you're entering into the space of the most expensive industry in the world, which is real estate. But you can get into it for completely free. It's a very unique dynamic. That's why I think wholesaling is such a beautiful thing because it's simply the art of profiting without ever owning it, but also the art of a seller has a problem and a buyer has a, as an equ- equivalent problem of I can't find enough properties and I can't find the right property and the seller has the right property and doesn't know who to sell it to. You can put those two together and you have the ability to profit from it without it's- ever having to own it. My favorite thing that you always say is it's not about the the box with the four walls. What is it? How do you say it? It's not the box. It's not wholesaling and real estate is not about the box with the tops on them. It's about the people inside the box. Yes, because you're just when you're wholesaling, you're just building relationships. That's all you're doing. You're just connecting people. Yes. Who need the connection. And that's so valuable. Yeah. It's not a scam. Like people think it's a scam. Well, it's just because it's unknown. Yeah. So anything where people believe... It's something that is a scam when it's not. It's just because they don't understand it. That's right. it. So it's just a misconception and, and, and a lack of understanding. It's it's ignorance. But the beautiful part about wholesaling is that it is about the people. And real estate in general is it's about the people. So if you have the ability to talk to someone and recognize that they have a problem, and the solution to that problem is selling a piece of property, you can then locate a buyer for that piece of property. And now you have the middle ground. Now you have leverage you are solving two problems for two different people and you're going to be paid handsomely for it i think that's what's i think that's what's amazing about it and i remember when i first learned about it it was just this shining light of possibility so when i first started in real estate i actually got my real estate license i went to realty school got my license and very quickly realized that I didn't learn anything about real estate in school. <laughs> it just it just taught me how to pass a poorly written test that tries to trick you. 
And then I had to go learn real estate after that. But what else I recognized was that I always wanted to be on the investment side, but I always thought you needed money. And then I eventually learned that you didn't need money. You just had to learn how to solve a problem for somebody. And then that's when it became, oh, light bulb moment. I can get into the investing side right now and the investment side right now. And I think my first year I made six figures. So I don't know any other industries or very few industries that you can be brand new, beginner level, no experience, no network, no money, and have the potential of making six figures in your first year without doing a ton of deals either. You just a handful of deals because your average deals. 12 to 20 grand, depending on your market. So you can do a handful of deals and make six figures in your first year. Yeah. Like, that's tough to beat. That's and really like wholesaling completely changed your life. Flipped your life upside down. Oh yeah. It's a, it was such a valuable skill for you to learn. Yeah. 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 It was, <sighs> there's, I mean, there's just so much, I, I don't have a negative thing to say about it. Like inherently nothing is all good. Nothing's all bad typically. And when I think about wholesaling, when I think about real estate, Man, there's not a lot of bad that I can think of. Maybe early on, you know, you got to put in the work. But like, why? Why would you want to be something somebody that does nothing, anyways? Right. So if I don't have that in me to do nothing, like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna want to put in the work anyways. So it's simple, which doesn't mean easy. But once you get into a rhythm with it, I don't know of another industry that has more potential behind it to push your net worth forward, to put your cash flow forward, to put your lifestyle forward, everything, and also protect against future economic waves because i mean with real estate you get to ride all of it you you can ride a down wave and your net worth increase doesn't even sound it doesn't even make sense when you say it out loud but that's exactly what happens because if there's a down market and say there's heavy inflation like there is you know or there has been over the past 12 to 18 months and you own real estate you own more tangible physical assets so therefore you get to ride that wave so you're your items became more valuable. Your net worth increased while everyone else is scrambling to get milk. Right. So it's that that's my favorite part about real estate is you get into real estate through wholesaling. It's very cheap. It's very, I don't even want to say cheap. It's just very affordable. Like It's how you get your foot in the door. You don't have to be doing wholesaling forever. You didn't do wholesaling forever. Right. But that's how you started. And yeah. you built the capital to build your portfolio. Yeah. To have f- the properties. Yeah. I only wholesaled my first few years. Yeah. That was all I did. And then we transitioned into promissory notes, which is basically just become the, we started selling our, our, our assignments on owner finance. Yeah. And then, and then that's when we transitioned into purchasing, holding, and actually, you know, building a portfolio. And the beautiful thing is there's so many directions you can go in after wholesaling. If you don't want to be an investor and you don't want to own properties, like own rentals, short-term, long-term, whatever it is, you can do promissory notes. You can continue wholesaling. You can build an entire business, an an empire on wholesaling. We've seen your friends do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you can just build a team around it. Right. So I think it's endlessly cool that you have this opportunity and this this potential to start something in the most popular industry on the planet, which never has a need that goes away because everyone's always going to need shelter. Right. Yeah. And, it's, and it has never ending problems because people aren't going to stop getting divorced. People aren't going to stop having money problems, even though it's my mission uh, to, to end that. <laughs> they're, they're not going to have um, they're, they're not they're not going to have stop having probates and inheritances and uh, non-owner occupied, like all of these things planned out your opportunity. So I want you to be able to ask yourself if I have the ability to talk to someone who has a problem in which their problem can be solved by selling a piece of property, you can do a wholesale deal. Yes. And you can profit from it handsomely. Yeah. You just have to be willing to learn and to start. I think that's the hardest part about this. And we talked about fear in the last episode. It's just starting. 
It's just starting. Yeah. And like learning about it. All right. So how do you start? <laughs> Run us through the steps. You're buying your first house right now. I am buying my Run first house. Run us through the steps. Yeah. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the it's it to me. What to to me it starts with an understanding that you're a problem solver first, and if you are able to look at yourself as a problem solver, you have the ability to do anything. If you put yourself in those shoes and you make yourself that person, so it's almost like you adopt a new persona. If you become the problem solver and you know that's your job, the conversations become easier, learning becomes easier. You're yeah. willing, like you can fill that role. It's not that you have to be somebody you're not. Because that's the hardest part is, in my opinion, when you start wholesaling or anything in real estate, it's getting on the phone with people and having those conversations and building those relationships because you're like, I, it's like imposter syndrome. You're like, I don't feel like I belong here. I had, I have no idea what I'm talking about. That was the hardest part in starting for me. So that's why I start with mindset in the book. So right. the, if you can't wholesale after this, I've got nothing for you book. And why I wrote it the way that I did is I wanted to teach the mind first because I recognized that everybody that I've worked with if I didn't work through their mindset first, if we didn't set the mind up right for success, it doesn't matter what the process is. Like we had to, we had to build a mental foundation before ever go, before ever saying like, "Hey, step one is we're going to locate a title company. That way we can have the deals closed that we need closed. So they need experience closing an assignment of contract or a double closing or an ABC one two three. Like there's a, a number of different <laughs> nicknames for a double right. close, but we need to have a title company or attorney that's ready to do that. But even to get to that point, so to your point, hey, just starting off and talking with the title company going like, hey, can you close this type of deal was terrifying. Oh, it was hor like horrible. The idea of it was awful. But I will say, and I'm not plugging this because you're my uncle and I'm on this podcast, but your courses, the first, what is it, like the first module, mm -hmm. the first module about mindset, it changed my life. Like I, even though, like even not even just in real estate, in my own business, I saw exponential growth in my business just from applying the mindset principles. That is the number one feedback that I get that even when people decide not to be in real estate, they still got so much out of the first module that they're like this, 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 this teaching is what moved my life forward. And I thank you for that. In, I watched that module in 2022 at the beginning of it in like February. Yeah. And in 2022, I, my business tripled in income. That doesn't suck. That doesn't suck. <laughs> and I accredit it to my mindset. And like, I, w I don't think I would have grown without it. That's, that's, that, that's the secret. People are always looking for this tangible, like, what's the secret to success? Or what's this one thing? Or like, what's the I process or the pattern? Yeah, if I change this one thing, what will take me from unsuccessful to successful? And that is actually the answer. It's how you think. It is how you process. It is how you take the next step. It's... It, People are so reactionary and so short-minded and, and, and they have such little and sh short attention spans now, especially with the adoption of short form, that they don't have the ability to sit in a problem long enough to actually solve it. Yeah. So when you train your mind to think differently, think against the masses, and to think about what are the different perspectives that I can take on this and how can I solve this problem in another way? It gives you the ability to solve a problem that others can't. And what do you get paid for in this marketplace? Your value. Solving yes. problems. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you develop 
your value. That's how you develop the economy of you, the supply and demand of you. If you're one of the very few people that are able to solve a type of problem, you get paid more. Think about the, the Formula One drivers or the professional athletes or, or the coaches or the CEOs or the business owners. There is a very common trait between all of them, and that is that they are in high demand and low supply. A Formula One driver, there's only 30 of them, or 20 of them, excuse me. There's only 20 of them, right? Now, they got some backups and things, but there's only 20 seats in the world. So they're going to get paid a lot. If you're one of those 20, you're going to get paid a lot. Super high demand, very low supply. So how do you think when you look around right now, if you're at work right now, or next time you go to work, look around and see how many of you are sitting next to you. If there's 30 more of you sitting next to you, you're in just your building alone. In just your building alone, let yeah. alone in another like an, another company or another part of the district, anything like that. If there's 30 more of you sitting next to you, there's extremely high supply and lower demand. So therefore, you're not going to get paid as much. So if you want to raise your ability to earn, you have to understand the, the true economy of you is what I like to call that. So how do you become more rare? How do you up your demand and lower your supply? Because it's just you. And that's what I love about wholesaling is because so, so few people do it, even fewer people do it well, and even fewer people than that understand why they're doing it well or what to focus on. So that's what I like to focus on. And that's why when I, when I think about the book and the way that I teach it, I always start with the end. Well, the end is I have to be able to close the deals that I have set up for myself. So I have to start with the title company or the attorney. I have to be asking them the following question. Do you have experience closing an assignment of contract or a double close transaction? If they say no, you hang up and you call the next one. If they say yes, you go, how often do you do it? Or you can say, how confident are you in it? That's what I'm looking to close. Are you confident that you can help me with that? They're going to say yes or no. And once you get a couple of yeses in a row, you're going to have the people that are set up and ready to close for you. And guess what? You never need to go back to that step ever again. It's a one and done. And now we're on to step number two, which is locating your buyers. Okay. So before we get on to locating your buyers... Pause, put the brakes on. Yep. I don't think we've given a like a solid definition of wholesaling okay. for dummies. Okay. So if somebody is clickbaited into this video and they're like, I want to make money, don't know what I'm doing, hate my job, what do you tell them? In the simplest, I don't want to say dumb, nobody's dumb, but it's dumb. The dumbest terms oh, that no, anybody can understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the simplest, dumbest terms that anybody can understand. What is wholesaling? Is there a wholesaling for dummies book? It might be no, mine. No, it's yours. It might it's be yours. It might be mine. <laughs> yours is wholesaling for dummies, should, you troll. I should, I, should, I, should change the, uh, I should change the cover of it to the, their, yellow, their yellow cover. So what you're doing in wholesaling is you are selling contracts, purchase agreements, from a seller to a buyer. And what that means is you're locating property at a discount because there's a problem, there's some sort of seller problem, there's some sort of issue that, again, going back to our main reason for doing this, there's a problem to solve. It could be divorce, could be foreclosure. A million different things. Yeah, so say, say just, use an example, just like say a couple's getting divorced. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so it could be couples getting divorced, it could be tax foreclosure, it could be mortgage foreclosure, it could be any sort of lien problem, it could be IRS, it could be tax, it, it could be a number of, there's a million reasons why someone needs to sell a house. They've gotten re- relocated for their job, they just decided they want to move, they have two houses, they have inheritance, they don't live there. And the key is? Tired landlord, re- tenant problems, all kinds of things. They want to get rid of it and the, fast. And the, key, and, the key to, and the key to all of this is that they have a need to sell. You know, they, they don't even have to be ultra motivated, in my opinion. They just need to be realistic. Yeah. 
They just need to have an understanding that their pain is large enough that the numbers go away. That's the, that's the important piece here. So in wholesaling, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be talking to people who have a problem. And we'll talk about how to locate these people, people in a little bit. But what you're going to do is you, is you want to locate people that have a problem. And the solution to that problem is potentially selling the property that they have in their name. And, the, and, and what's great about this is you're solving a huge problem for the seller. You're saving people from bankruptcy and you're saving people from foreclosures. You're saving their credit for years and years you're and years. You're saving their time and their energy. Sometimes you're saving their financial life. Sometimes you're saving their physical life. Yeah. Because they're in such a bad way, their physical or mental life. So what you're going to do is you end up putting that property under contract. You, so you sign a purchase agreement that gives you the ability to assign the contract. Assign is just a fancy word for sell. Yes. So you can sell the contract that you sign. Yeah. For a fee. Yes. Exactly. So let's say you sign a purchase agreement with a seller for, I'm just going to keep the round numbers for for simplicity. Let's say you sign a purchase agreement for $100,000. Yep. You have a buyer that is willing to purchase that property from you for $120,000. You then take that purchase agreement and you assign it to the end buyer they are now stepping into your shoes at closing. They close on that purchase agreement. $100,000 goes to the seller. The last $20,000 goes to you. You capture the spread. So that's how with absolutely no money, credit, nothing, you never had to own the no property. No license. This is not, you're not a realtor. No license. You're not a realtor. And teach you how to stay out of that gray area, by the way. Because a, a lot of wholesalers are doing it wrong. They, they're so worried about it. It's because they are acting as realtors because they have to publicly market. If you do this correctly, you should never have to publicly market a property ever. You can go back on my social medias and you can you can look me up and you can, you can try to find, good luck finding an ad for a property anywhere around me. Because I don't have to, pe- people don't even know if I'm doing deals or not. Yeah. Because don't I don't that. have to publicly market anything around a property because I have my buyer first. That's the whole point. The buyer tells you what they want. You go locate that. You capture the spread in the middle. And you never have to worry about money and consistency and marketing. And what if I don't sell this? You don't have to worry about that. You're solving a problem for the seller, solving a problem for the buyer. And you're going to get paid handsomely for them for, for providing those two parties or putting those two parties together. And despite what people think... You're solving the problem for the seller. So you're providing value even if it's not, you're not buying the house, you're finding value at a discount. So yes. you're you're getting the house at a discount, but they're still, you're still solving their problem. They are still happy. And the buyer, oh, you're meeting happy. their, yes, they're, you're meeting their expectations and they are paying you because you are providing a service for them. You just found a house for them and they are happy too. Yeah. So, so you're not, you're not scamming anybody. It's completely ethical. Everybody knows what you're doing. You're open about your processes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have everybody sign off on everything. The seller, so the seller even signs off on my profit. Because I can already see the uh, the comments rolling in. Oh, yeah, I just no. I wanted to disclaim that. Oh yeah, no, my, the, the seller signs off on my profits. They sign off on me giving it to a partner. Yeah, so it's the, no secret the that the twenty thousand goes to you. Oh yeah, no, no, no. This the 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 buyer signs off on the twenty that goes to me. They understand that they're buying a contract. And they, they're buying the equitable, equitable interest in that contract. So then they get to perform. They get the house at the end. I get the 20 and the seller gets the 100 in this scenario. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about finding buyers. Yeah. So first step, locate title company attorney to be able to close a double close or an assignment. That's the question that you ask them. When you get a yes, you're able to move to step number two. And step number two is you want to locate your buyers first. You always want to be searching for houses for buyers, never buyers for houses. Totally different ballgame, way less stress, and you stay legal. 
How cool yes. is that? Because you don't have to post. Because you don't have to publicly market anything. You don't have to publicly market contracts. You don't have to publicly market houses. Anything. And you know what you're looking for then. Yeah, and there's no guessing. So yeah. anybody that's ever given you a formula for doing the math on your real estate deals, I'm sorry, but they've lied to you because they don't know what they're doing. All they're doing is guessing. So anybody that's ever told you that, oh, it's ARV times 0. 0.70 <laughs> minus rehab costs minus assignment fee equals your Mayo, which is your maximum allowable allowable, but they call it Mayo. And I believe that belongs on a sandwich and not <laughs> in a math equation. But it's ridiculous because, and, and no one has ever been able to argue with me on this and, and convince me otherwise, because I always look at them and go, well, what's ARV? It's an opinion. Well, what's the rehab cost? How do you know the rehab cost of what your buyer is going to cost? It's different every time. It's different every single time. You can't just walk in and guess that. You don't know their relationships. You don't yeah. know their context. You don't know their their industry. You what don't... you pay for rehabs? Yeah, could is probably vastly different for the next person. Oh, without question. Especially because you got Craig doing it. You and I, you and I can yeah. do a renovation. And it's going to cost me something vastly different than you. Yeah, and you have very similar context to me. Yes. Why is that? Well, it's experience, it's rhythm, it's the it's business, it's our team. It's there's a number of things. Yeah. Right. You have to guess at all of that if you're trying to use a math equation to wholesale correctly. If you're trying to wholesale right now and you haven't been able to do a deal and you're not getting your contracts closed, or if you are wholesaling but you're only selling fifty percent of your contracts, this is why. This is why you're guessing at all your numbers because you're not going to your buyers first. So what you want to do is you want to go to people who have the potential. To, pro- to purchase property or are actively purchasing property. And you're going to ask them a few simple questions. What do you like to look for? What's a good deal for you? Where do you like to buy? What kind of property do you want? The ultimate question, the absolute golden question. You can skip every other question and you can just ask this one. Hey, what's your last three deals look like? It's going to tell you two things. One, if they can't tell you, they're not buyer. So you, you need to find more. And two, if they do tell you what it looks like, guess what? They just built their criteria for you. It's Even if simple- they didn't know. You're just getting the answers. You just directly ask them, how much do you want to spend? What are you looking for? And like, what would turn them away? And then when you're going to find properties, you know exactly what you're looking for. Yep. I can always tell if someone read my book because they'll reach out to me and they'll go, hey, what's your criteria? I'm like, ah, I love it. Uh, I know. I love it. So I'm like, all right, this zip code, this type of house, this bed, bath, one floor, no no up and down duplexes, like things like that. Yeah. So I'll give them my criteria and then they'll go hunt for it. It's great. Like, and, and guess what? When, when you do that and you provide an opportunity to a buyer, two things happen. One, you're very focused. If somebody wants a th- minimum three bed, minimum two bath in a specific zip code, guess where you get to start hunting? In that zip code. You get to, it, you're not going, oh my gosh, where do I even begin to look? Yes. Well, what, well, you just narrowed it down to a single zip code. Go look there. Yes. Instead of going through the entire state looking for houses, you just... You can drive for dollars there. Yeah, you can. You could literally just drive there. You could just drive there and look for houses. Yes, I mean, there's a number of different ways to look up houses and everything. Again, we'll get into that in a minute. But when you know your buyer's criteria, ask them the golden question. What does your last three to five deals look like? And when they tell you, you'll know, oh, they're all at least three bed or all, they're all at least two bed or they're all at least a thousand square foot or they're all in this area. I should go look in that area. That way, you know, when you go there, if someone's given you their criteria and it's, hey, I'll pay up to a hundred grand for a three bed, two bath in this zip code, and you go to that zip code and you have an opportunity to three bed, two bath that matches, all you gotta do is offer eighty. 
Yeah. Well, what's the ARV and what's the rehab and what's this? What, who cares? Doesn't I matter. don't know. I don't need to know. I don't know. need to know that. It's the, That's for them to know. I don't need to know any of that. Yeah. All I need to know is, will the seller take 80? Because if they'll take 80, I just made 20 grand. Yep. That it's used to take me an entire year at my last job. It would take me 365 days of work to make 20 to 30 grand at my last job. You and now just I just did weeks. it in an hour. Yeah. That's how you change your life through wholesaling. And no license, no money, no credit, no experience, no network in the beginning. And within a few weeks, you have the ability to be doing that through trial, through some trial and error. Like go buy the book. It'll walk you through it step by step. If you can't wholesale after this, I've got nothing for you. There's a reason it's called that. Because if you can't wholesale after that, you should do something else. <laughs> it's that It's that clear. It there's no guessing. There's no math. Nothing. Hey, I'm willing to pay 100 grand for this. Will you take 80? Yes. Here it is for 100. You just made 20. Okay, so how do you find these buyers? All right, so there's a lot of different ways to find buyers. First thing you want to do. And, and you you want to take this approach with the entire business is tell absolutely everybody what you do. Now, that's scary because we're taught our entire lives is don't talk to strangers. The only problem is, is strangers have all of our money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they have all of our money. So you have to tell absolutely everybody what you do, even before you're ready to do so. I'm, a, I'm an investor. I'm looking for people to partner with. Do you know anybody who buys in real estate? That's going to get you a lot of people right off the bat. You can make this post on your social media right now and you can start 50, 60 private conversations right away. Hey, who do I need to speak to that's involved in real estate? And you're going to be getting tags from my Aunt Sherry's the greatest realtor ever. And now you're starting all these conversations with everybody that responds. I forgot to tell you, my friend, the one who's doing wholesaling right now that started because of you Mm -hmm. and just purchased the courses, texted me to tell you yesterday that he posted that on his Facebook and had 45 messages and was like, this, this like grew so much. I forgot to tell you that was a yesterday thing that happened. <laughs> so it's funny that we're talking about it right now. 45 messages from one, one post, post that just says, hey, who's in real estate that I need to speak to? Yes. One post. Hey, I'm lo- hey I need to speak to somebody involved in real estate. Who do you know? Like, and you're going to start a lot of conversations that way. So a, many connections. It's a great way to start. Another great way to start is you can go to box stores very early in the morning. Guess what? All those trucks that are there, guess what they're doing? They're buying materials to go to houses and renovations. You can talk to the people there. You can leave flyers on the trucks or, or on, on trucks and the cars that just say, hey, call me. I'll, you know, I buy houses. So that's a number. Of, that's that's a, that's a few ways to do it. You can go to Craigslist. In Craigslist, you're going to find ads that say like, hey, we buy houses and things like that. Now, a lot of them are going to be wholesalers, but what you can do is you can collaborate with these people. You can have conversations with them and be like, hey, who do you have that's buying? What is their criteria? Now, you're able to network into their buyer network, which is awesome. You can also make posts yourself that say, hey, looking for buying partners, looking for money partners, and these people will reach out to you. That's just a few ways that you can go about it. The name of the game is telling absolutely everybody what you do. That is really important, not just in wholesaling and real estate, but hearing that when I was watching the courses helped my business too, Mm -hmm. because I realized I don't tell enough people what I do. And the second that happened and I was like screaming from the mountaintops, I'm a photographer. (laughs) I shoot weddings, wedding after wedding after wedding. If people don't know what you're doing, they can't come to you to either get help or help you. Six figure earner at 20 because you tell people what you do. 
that genuinely what changed everything was just telling people what I do. Everybody's terrified to say what they do. Yes. Well, they're what they're afraid of is they're afraid of being told no or, yeah. or, or people giving pushback. But one, it doesn't really happen all that often, to be honest with you. Like the pushback piece. I mean, you'll get told no on things, but it doesn't really matter. The way I like to approach this is being a baseball guy. You didn't know playing with the baseball this you, entire video. If you can't, yeah, if you can't tell through the video, if you're if you're listening to this, I'm wearing a pirate's jersey, a pirate's hat, and holding a baseball man. So, being a baseball guy, the way I like to look at this is when I go up to the plate, I can take some hacks, right? I can take some swings, and I'm gonna swing hard in case I hit it. <laughs> That's the mentality that I like to take, right? If I go up there and I don't swing the bat a single time. I'm never going to get a hit. Never. Might get walked sometimes. You might get hit with the ball. Might might get hit sometimes, (laughs) but I'm never going to get a hit. You can't get a hit. So if you're thinking about that in terms of sales or your business, every time you talk to somebody, you're swinging the bat. It does not hurt. It will never hurt to tell somebody what you do. No, the worst possible thing that can happen if you tell somebody what you do is that you stay in the exact same position that you are today because they say no or they shrug it off. They're not interested. And guess what? Your life is exactly the same as it was 10 seconds ago. So just take the cut. But even then, if say I tell somebody and they're not interested, they might tell somebody else when you don't even know. Yes. Yeah. So you just never, you just say it as much as you can. Yeah, because if, if you have... If you tell one person and they happen to tell two other people, even if they're a no and they say they tell two other people that they know, that is that is a connection that you would have never been able to make otherwise. Yep. That's the power of it. And that's how you end up scaling through it. And that's that's the other piece too, when people are like, Well, you definitely need money for marketing. Why? I had I evaluated six deals in the past week that I spent zero dollars on marketing. Three single families, uh, a duplex, and two commercial. And you did not spend a dime. I didn't spend a dime. That's crazy. Seven. I had a subject to deal come to me that I also said no to. But because our focus is elsewhere right now, our focus is on commercial specifically. So the residential ones that came. But I, but I evaluated all of them. I walked five of them. So it's like I didn't spend a dime. So all these people that are like, oh, you have to spend marketing money in, in an economy like this, in a market like this. Why? No, it's just it's just a lie that we all believe. Yeah, it's just it's that lie that you have to have money to make money. Yeah, you don't need money to make money. You need a skill set. Exactly, and you and have that skill set. You've built the momentum. Yeah, you put your name out there enough. Yeah. yeah. Now, for anybody that says like, "Oh, the deals came to you because of your reputation and your authority in the market," two of them did. So I'll give you that. So I had yeah. five left after that, but only two of them were because of having a reputation and someone, here's the best part. It's exactly what we're talking about is everybody knew to say to the person, Hey, call him because that would be a good deal for him. Call Todd. That's because I told everybody what I do. Yeah. So if you tell everybody what you do, you have the opportunity to capitalize on an opportunity that you were never going to see before. So you have to tell everybody what you do, especially early on in the business. So that is a great way to start networking and talking with buyers, asking great questions and how you can start working with them. Now the big scary part. Big terrifying part of sellers. How do you find the house? How do you talk to how sellers? How do you find the house? Yes. Yeah, so how do you talk to sellers? The the beautiful part about this is guess what? You tell everybody what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's, you tell everybody what you do again, but it's just from the different mentality of I solve real estate problems. Who do I need to speak to? And then uh, one of my favorite ways is the buy sell trade groups on Facebook. Now don't get kicked out of them. Make sure to talk with uh, the, the moderators and let them know Follow like, the Hey, rules. yeah. Can I ask, you know, 
if anybody has a problem problematic house to sell, you know, you can ask them that up front. That way you don't get kicked out of them because these are absolute gold mines if you practice it well. Is you can start going through these groups and you'd be amazed and if you say something along the lines of like, hey, I'm buying a house in this area. Does no any, anybody know anything that's for sale or off market? People say like, my neighbor's house has been vacant for 10 years. Boom, just got a lead. You can do driving for dollars. You can drive through these neighborhoods. Where are they? They're where your buyers want to be because you're not guessing. You want to drive through those neighborhoods and you can find distressed houses or houses that, you know, have grass that's two and a half foot tall. And you're like, okay, that's clearly vacant. There's a problem there. Okay. So if you're driving for dollars, what are you looking for? I'm looking for deferred maintenance. And okay. what that means is you're looking, so if in the winter, it's the driveway that's not plowed. Okay. If it's uh, a nicer climate, you're looking for grass that's uncut. You're looking for windows boarded up or, or, or doors open, you know, things like that. Things that give you the sign of clearly vacant, you know, broken okay. windows, things like that. When you look at a house and you go, that one stands out. That's a good one to go put a note on the door and say, Hey, I want to buy this house. Call me at car text me at so-and-so number okay so what else aside from driving for dollars okay so other than driving for dollars telling everybody what you do social media posts and things like that we can get into let's 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 get into a few um few is that you can do it for small investment or low investment you can do flyers you can do door hangers you can do uh, postcards or you can do yellow what's called yellow letters yellow letters is my favorite we've that's always been our best return like if we're like seriously wanting to put a lot of effort into marketing that's where usually we go because what we're doing is we're targeting people who fit a criteria of our buyer or ourselves in this case so hey i want to buy a house in this zip code we're going to mail people in that zip code and it's and the letter's going to say this hi my name is i would like to buy your house at specific a specific address and I'm going to have three pain points. And the reason for the three pain points is that is just, I want them to raise their hand and go, that's me. So if I'm marketing towards, so a sweet spot for me is tired landlord. So if I'm marketing to a, to a landlord and I also understand the feelings of a landlord, that's really important because it's easy for you to connect to them when you talk to them. Yeah, because I am one. So I'm able to, so I'm able to talk to them and go, Hey, are you fed up with keeping up with fixes? Every landlord's felt that at some point. Hey, are you tired of chasing tenants down? Everyone's felt that before if you've ever owned a piece of property. Do you want your weekends back? All of these are similar pain points that they could raise their hand and go, that's me. And then my solution right below it, get this headache property out of your name. Call or text me at for a cash offer or for a quick offer or that specific solution. Yeah. Right. And the reason for that is they raise their hand and they go, that's me. Directly following that, I give them a solution and I let them know that I'm the solution. That gets the phone ringing or texting. That way I have the opportunity to look at a property, connect it with a buyer or make sure, or, or see if it makes sense for us with the, you know, the stage that we're at. But in the beginning, it was strictly my buyer wants this. I'm going to market and mail to this specific market or whatever that person's wanting. The house matches the criteria and I'm going to tell them that I want to buy their house. When they call or text... I already know my guy wants to pay a hundred. I'll offer them 80 or I'll offer them 70 or I'll offer them 85. Oh, I need to be at 90. Okay. I can do 90. I just made 10 grand from a letter. Again, no license, no credit, no experience, not a lot of network at that point. Just, just starting taking the actionable steps. Now that obviously has, if you're going to be mailing legally, you have to obviously have postage and you know, you're going to have a few bucks in that, but that's still so low cost. Compa- for the return oh right yeah yeah compared to like if you want to do like paid 
pay-per-click or if you want to do SEO and things like that, you're, you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars to get going or build any sort of momentum. You can send a hundred mailers for 40, 50 bucks and get a $10,000 deal. Like it's very, it's very possible to do that depending on the market. Um, you know, some markets get lower returns for mailings and things like that. You know, if you're in big city, things like that, but if you're Midwest, you know, mailers are great. If you're East coast or big city, it might be better for you to be interacting directly with people. There's going to be different ways to do it, but overall these methods work. You can do bandit signs is another way. If you've ever driven down the road and you see a sign on the side of the road that says we buy houses, guess what? It's a wholesaler or it's a buyer. And you want to know why those signs are out there? Because they work. And that's the beautiful thing is you find out what works for you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the same as everybody else. Yeah. So like for you writing yellow letters and it's something that's so easy to do, but for the next person, maybe they want to make a bandit sign. Maybe it works for them. Yeah. And the best, the other best part about it is that you, you get better at it over time. Mm-hmm. The, the more you practice it, the, like everything else, the more you practice it, the better you get at it. And the more you can like niche down. So you know it works and you, and you can produce it at a faster, like a faster speed. Exactly. Flywheel. Oh, your flywheel is speeding up. Oh, I'm speeding up. Exactly. So you. So just to recap, your first step, you got your title company, your attorney. Hey, can you close this type of deal, assignment or double close? You're going to move to buyer then. Buyer, what is your buy box? What is your criteria that you're looking for? He's going to, he or she's going to state this and that. You're then going to focus on finding this or that in the area that they want to be at the price point they want to be at. So at that point, and there's, go buy the book. Link will be in the description. There's 50 other ways that you can do this for completely free, zero, let alone, I just wanted to cover a low-cost way as well. I wanted to give just a broad overview of like what's possible. We only have like 50-ish minutes in this podcast episode. Yeah. The the book, $20. Yeah. It goes really into depth, but the course, yeah. how many hours is that of like content? 15. 15 hours of content in yeah. depth answers every possible question you could have and you get the community along you get with the it. community you can ask more questions in the facebook community yep. worth every penny so if you're watching this and you're interested in it and you're well what, what do i do like this is great but it's very vague yeah. it's because we only have 50 minutes and we can't go into depth but the course has 15 hours yeah of you just talking about it and teaching every single step down to like the the, I'll the hold inches. Your, I'll hold your hand through it. This yes. is what your letter needs to look like. This is what your band design needs to look like. This is the return that you should expect to get. This is how you scale a campaign. This is how you minimize a loser. This is how you maximize a winner. This is how you uh, turn your one wholesale deal into getting paid a hundred times instead of once. That's pretty cool because you can start taking it as a promissory note. So much you can go into so much crazy creative detail. That's what's so fun about it is you can make it work for your life. That's what's beautiful beautiful about it. You're starting to build your first wealth cycle that way. It's awesome. And you know it works in that you're not just a one-off because you've seen it happen over and over and over and over thousands, thousands of literally people. Literally thousands of times. Thousands of deals, people. Yep. You, you've, and the course, you just remade it. So it's like up to date with all of the content and yep. the, like the steps taken. You've, yep. Because you've seen it happen so many times now, you know what works and what doesn't. I think my favorite part about the new content is the level of refinement I got to get to because after working with over 10,000 people, I recognized what's the three most important things and what works for such a huge majority that I can cut everything else out. And that's what I was able to do. I was able to get it down to three main focuses. Like if you do this, there's a very good chance that you're going to get your first deal, your second deal, you're going to be able to build a business off of it. So that's, that's actually, I think my favorite piece about it 
is because I was able to eliminate all the noise just from all the experience and the feedback of, you know, the past six, seven, eight years yeah. of, of teaching it. But Just from practice and experience. Yeah, I got better too. Yeah. So you're <laughs> literally like, oh, thousands of deals put into 15 hours of content. Watch it and you can do it. Yeah. You can, that's the ultimate if you can't wholesale after this. If you can't wholesale after That's why it's called that. If you can't wholesale after this, I've got nothing for you. Yeah. So... Those are your first three steps. So at that point, you're signing a contract, you're making an offer to the seller, you're signing a purchase agreement. At that point, you're starting to put the deal together. This is really the next step. So when you're putting this deal together, what you want to do is you want to make sure that the contract matches what your buyer needs. That could be terms, that could be price, it could be each 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 section. If you're going to do an assignment of contract, Again, fancy word for sell. If you're going to sell your contract, the end buyer is buying that purchase agreement between you and the seller. So therefore, whatever is on that paper is what your end buyer is agreeing to. So if your end buyer is getting a conventional loan and not using cash, or your end buyer is using hard money or whatever it is, and there's a certain criteria that he has to meet, it better be on that first purchase agreement or you're going to have a struggle. So you just need your purchase agreement to match whatever your end buyer needs, which again goes back to there's no guessing in this game if you're doing it correctly. It's just what they need. It's just what they need. Hey, what do you need? I don't care if if you're paying in bottle caps. Whatever way that you need to buy a property, I'll make that first purchase agreement match it. If you need it on owner finance, seller finance, if you need the seller to carry some sort of the deal for an extended period of time because you only have this much money, whatever, I don't care what it is, I will match that first purchase agreement to your needs. And now they're waiting for you. Now you're hunting for them. Now now you're solving problems for people. So at this point, you're signing the purchase agreement and making sure that it matches whatever the end buyer needs. That's for an assignment. And you're signing a separate assignment sheet. So you have one purchase agreement between you and the seller, and then you have an assignment sheet between you and the end buyer. And I personally have the seller sign off on it too. Depending on your market, depending on your title company or attorney, they may or may not require it. It's up to you, whatever you're comfortable with and whatever they're comfortable with. Now, if you're doing a double close, it's a little bit different. There's a few extra steps, a few extra details, not really steps, just extra details. You're going to have a purchase agreement between you and the seller. Seller is A, you are B. Okay. You're the buyer, seller, seller, you are buyer. And now on a double close, you're also going to have a purchase agreement between you and your end buyer. You are once again B, but you're the seller and you're selling to the end buyer. So you have two contracts, one you're the buyer on and one you're the seller on. So you have the property in your name for all of 10 minutes. Yeah, I don't even know if it's not even 10 minutes. Five minutes, yeah, two minutes. It is in, it's basically instantaneous because they file them back to back. Yeah. But you will be on chain of title at that point. But it's not, I mean, it's not a big deal. But the downside to double close, if you have two closings and you're a buyer and a seller, what do you have to pay? Two These closings. You got, you got two closing costs. There are some fancy ways to not only not pay closing costs uh, and not I hesitate to even talk about that. this is going to be like, if you're watching this, you're going to be like, how do you prorate taxes and how do you pass that on? I'm not even going to get into the details of that, actually. Just don't even that's do just it. Way, it's just way too far. There are some ninja tricks in which you can increase your spread with other parties agreeing to pay for the services at hand. Just get them to wholesaling. But course. I just want you to get your wholesale, your first deal. Like, <laughs> just do the deal. Just do your first deal and don't do the first like five. Then worry about this. Yeah, and then worry about maximizing every single potential dollar for the service that you're providing. 
But in the beginning, just understand you're solving a problem for a seller, solving a problem for a buyer. So assignment, purchase agreement, assignment sheet, double close. You have two different purchase agreements. One, you're the buyer, one, you're the seller. Now, when you go to closing, you go to the title company, you're going to assign two sets of closing docs. One is the buyer, one is the seller on a double close. On the assignment sheet, you don't even have to go to closing. You just receive your wire after they go to closing. So that's, that's, another, awesome. that's another beautiful piece about assignments is that it's far simpler. It's easier to scale. There's really no reason not to do an assignment. The biggest pushback that I get from people is like, well, what if my fee is $50,000? Here's how you handle that upfront by setting proper expectations and not having to worry about what your profit is. This is what you say to the seller. Mr. And Mrs. Seller, I'm going to do one of three things with your property. At this point, they're usually going to stop you and go, no, it's your business. And you're going to go, no, I actually want to be fully transparent with you and let you know what our game plan is. Option one, we're going to close on the property ourselves. We're going to fix it up and keep it as a rental for profit. Option number two is we're going to close on it ourselves. We're going to fix it up and then sell it as a flip for a profit. Again, at this point, they're stopping you going, you don't need to do that. And you're going to go, no, I want to be transparent. And option number three is that this there's potential that this property fits a partner's portfolio better than mine. They're going to step into my shoes at closing, but no matter what, we're going to get you this number that we've promised you on this contract. Does that sound good to you? And they go, yes, that's awesome. Now they'll sign an assignment sheet that has $50,000 profit on it, 20 And it doesn't matter to them. doesn't matter. They know you're in it for profit. They know that you're solving their problem. And they're getting the number that you give to them. And you're getting the number that they've agreed to and that you've promised to. That's what they care about. Okay. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. What everybody's thinking. What happens if you sign the contract and you go to your buyer and they're like... I don't want it, actually. They bail on you? Yes. So here's what you put in the contract to protect yourself. You can put in the contract that says this offer is dependent and contingent upon a partner's approval. Okay, perfect. So your partner could be a dog. So your butt's covered. Yep. The second your buyer backs out, your partner no longer approves the deal, so therefore the contract's null and void. Okay. Very rarely. I'm not saying that never happens. Very rarely does that happen, though, because... You're not guessing. Right. You're, you're providing a huge value to your buyer. Your buyer is not great at finding properties that fit them. That's why you're such a huge asset. So when you bring them a great deal, they want to work with you. Yeah. They want to pay you because they're going to make more. You're helping them build their wealth. So a lot of times people are like, why would you ever? Why would anybody ever sell a house in what, less than what it's worth? And why would anybody pay you to find the house? Well, it's easy. One... The person who is selling the house for less than what it's worth has a pain larger than the numbers. And the person who is paying me to locate the property for them doesn't know how to locate property. So they don't have it without me. Right. And if you're looking so it's for win, win, win. performing buyers, performing buyers, performing buyers, you're going to, they're going to follow through. Yep. And as long as everything makes sense. Yeah. And the other common question I get is like, well, how many buyers do I need on my list before I start looking for sellers? And the answer is one. Yep. You need one performing buyer to be able to do a deal. Now, I'm not saying you stop networking. Don't stop there, please. Yeah, please don't they stop They only there. have the capacity to buy so many houses in a year. Yeah, you don't need 100 buyers or 1,000 buyers on your list in your, in your network to be able to complete a wholesale deal. You need one. And once you have the experience one. from one deal, compounds, you've learned so much, it's going to get faster. It is the only business in the world that you get paid to learn. When you wholesale and you wholesale property and you wholesale well, you are learning the real estate investment game. You are learning the the highest wealth building industry in the world and getting paid to do it. Yeah. That is a fair trade. 
that falls under the category of that doesn't suck. That and does that's not the suck. And that's the category that we like to stick under. Next question people are going to have when they start. Do I need an LLC? Do I need a business? What is, how does this work? That's a great question. You do not need an LLC. You don't need, you don't need a business entity. Don't get caught up in, well, I'm not going to start until I have a business entity. And then you take six weeks to think of like a cool LLC name. Like if you feel like you have to have an LLC, fine, go get an LLC for a hundred bucks and do it today. Do it now. Put a name on it. And file it under peanut butter and jelly industries. Who cares? No one's ever going to do business with you because of your LLC name ever. Yeah. They're doing business with you because it's not about the boxes with the tops on them. It's about the people inside of them. Yeah. They're doing business with you, not your business. So they don't care about your business name. So LLC, entity, all this, it's not needed. You're, don't let that be what stops you. Yeah. I mean, it, once you get going, yeah, go get one for anonymity and, 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 and improving, but and, and, and building your business and building a true business. But in the very beginning, don't get held up by that. Just go do your first deal. It's the only thing that matters. Somebody watching this video. They're like, spark something in them, plant a seed. What do they do? I think they, I think you need to, I don't think I actually know. You have to understand that nothing's going to change without you changing and use whatever pain that you have right now as your catalyst. A catalyst is the pusher or mover towards a change or an action. It is the reason for an action. All right. So if you hate your job. So if you hate your job, use this as a fuel or a catalyst to create something new. The, the, the importance behind all of this is that it focuses you on creation. Financial minimalism is stupid. Okay, It's dumb. It focuses in on you just trying to save your way down to zero and you stay stuck. Like you never create anything more. You just have whatever you have today and I'm just going to try to make it more and more safe for me. It doesn't make sense. The only way for you to change your life is by creating something, creating a new opportunity, creating more awareness towards an opportunity, creating more ability to problem solve, to get paid more, raise your true value, raise your understanding and raise your true economy of self, raise your demand while lowering your supply. Okay. Yes. You are the only one that can solve X, Y, Z. Your dollar goes up automatically. That's what you have to do. You have to understand and be the catalyst towards a change. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Nothing changes. I mean, I love saying it's, that. It's, you love saying that. <laughs> nothing changes if nothing changes. It, it's, it's true though. Yeah. If you I, don't do anything, if you don't, if you don't create the cause, there's no effect. Yeah. Or at least recognize that there is a cause. Yeah. Allow whatever pain you have to be a catalyst is such an important. So my catalyst was my biggest fear was mediocrity. 10 years ago, I was living my worst nightmare inside of a cubicle. That was the scariest thing in the world to me. So I allowed that to be a catalyst for change to I'm going to do things differently. No matter if I fail or not. If I succeed, I succeed, which I have. But if I failed, guess what? I would have just been in the same spot. You're not actually risking you didn't anything. Go, you wouldn't have gone anywhere. If you failed, you would have just gone back to a cubicle. If you got 500 bucks right now or 1000 bucks or 1500 bucks right now, invest 100% of it in yourself. You're, do you know how much you can do with that $500? Yeah, you're already broke. You yeah. have nothing to root. You have nothing to lose. You have nothing to risk. Invest it in yourself. Learn a new skill set. Allow that catalyst of pain or allow that pain to be your catalyst so you can make a change and get a new result in your life. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again 
and expecting a different result. So at this point, you can look back at the last six months of your life and go, I haven't done anything different, but I'm just hoping for a different result. It's, it doesn't work like that. Your results are simply the summation of the actions that you've taken up to this point. That's it. So if you want a different result, do something different. That's a wrap. <laughs>